0: Good morning. Our reading today is from Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 34, as we continue our series on Word and Spirit. Then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you by worrying cannot a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow, they do not labour or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When Jesus spoke to people, he had a great skill of using illustrations and examples of their everyday life that they could understand. If we were to look at the the whole of chapter 12, um, Jesus is speaking to a crowd which we're told is in his thousands. And in the beginning verses, he uses an illustration of a, a rich farmer... And then in the verses that we have just read, he speaks about, again, about um, fertile land. He talks about barns, wheat, birds, and wildflowers. So I think it's clear that the people that Jesus is speaking to here are um, from a farming community or have a good knowledge of farming, unlike most of us um, probably here today. This wasn't the case for me a few weeks ago when I was sent down to a country church Um, to speak at their harvest service, and it was full of farmers and people from the farming community. And if anyone knows anything about country churches, harvest is one of their biggest services. And I I joked with them that they'd sent somebody from East Belfast down into the middle of the country to speak at a harvest service because I knew absolutely nothing about farming, and I told them I wouldn't be using any examples of farming in in the the talk. Even when it comes to gardening, I'm a total lost I mean, I admired for years this flower that grew in these big stems that come up through my neighbour's hedge, only to find out that it was Japanese knotweed, Um, (laughs) (laughs) which apparently if if it's not treated, it can cause damage to the uh, foundations of your house. So farming's off the agenda this morning, but what I'm going to talk about this morning is something that we all know something about, and that is worry. Our reading begins with the verses It says then, Jesus turns to the disciples and he said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, While you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for that life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens, he says, they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And how, and you are far more valuable to him than birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? So Jesus begins with the words, do not worry about your life. Do not worry. How many times has people said those words to you, and it's usually at a, at a time when they're the last words that you want to hear and you just want to slap them. But you know that it makes sense because let's be honest, no one wants to spend their days worrying. But when you're faced with life circumstances, is it not just natural to worry? but how can you say to, say to the person who's been diagnosed with cancer, don't worry? Or the person who's been made redundant or the, the parent whose son and daughter is, is struggling with, with a drug addiction? As we laid the wreaths here this morning and we look at the, 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 the memorials that we have here and I can't help but looking at the names and thinking of the, the, the many families behind each of them names and thinking of the hours and hours of worrying and sleepless nights that those families would have went through as they anxiously waited for words on or news of their loved ones. And then it's the same today for people who have families serving in, in the security forces or the armed forces, that the hours of worrying that they spend as their, their loved ones are abroad or they, they go out to work each day. But yet Jesus says, do not worry. But he's not saying, don't worry because these things don't matter. He's telling us not to worry in spite of the fact that these things, um, there are so much to worry about. You see, Jesus knows that worrying about life's problems isn't going to solve them or make a difference. He says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? It's true that worrying won't add a single hour to your life. But if it continues over a time or a period, it can actually deduct quite a few hours off your life. See, some of the translations, the Bible translations, instead of the word worry, they use the word anxious. And we all know that anxiety over a period of time can cause health problems, some of which can be potentially life threatening. My wife Monday, is a natural worrier. As my two sons were grown up, she worried about them constant. Now she's five grandchildren to worry about. But the thing is that the worrying that she does is not about actual problems, it was about what ifs. She's worrying about things that might happen or things that, in the future that she had absolutely no control over. Thankfully, she is getting so much better at handing these worries over to the, the God in prayer. I did a wee Google search on, on worry, and I was surprised at how many books have been written about it. There was one book I seen on Amazon was called, What Parents Worry About? 50 Most Common Concerns of Parents Explore, Explored and Explained. I'm sure there are quite a few mothers here who can identify with this, and a few fathers also, but it does tend to be the mothers that do most of the worrying. So Jesus knows that we are natural warriors, but how exactly are we to stop worrying? Jesus at this point is no longer talking to crowds. He's turned away from the crowds and he's speaking directly to his disciples. Now I almost missed this fact when I was reading this passage, but it is actually really important for us to understand that it's the disciples he's now addressing. These were the people who were closest to him, who had been at his side morning and night, more than probably a couple of years at this stage. They had witnessed many miracles. They'd already been sent in mission themselves. They'd seen the power of God working in them and through them. But yet Jesus has to speak to them about worrying and not having enough faith. Jesus tells him, look at the birds in the sky. Look at the flowers in the fields. God's beauty and wonder surrounds them and surrounds us today. But we mostly just take it for granted. When was the last time you took a walk out into the country, or walk along a shore, or just that place where you feel most at peace, and, and just give thanks to God for His beauty and His creation? But little did the disciples know that they were actually walking and talking with the Creator Himself. John one tells us, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God." All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And then verse 14 goes on to say, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus, the Creator of all things, is telling them, and also telling us today, that we do not need to worry, because God is in control. See, it's easy to forget that when we look at the world around us today. Just look at our own country. Stormont collapsed, the legalizing of abortion, the British Parliament in turmoil over Brexit, which is causing so much uncertainty and fear. But Jesus is saying, if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, he will certainly care for us because God is in control. When we were growing up as children, did we have to go and find our own food and clothes? No, our parents provided for us, so how much more will our heavenly Father provide for us? But here's the thing. It's okay for Jesus to tell us, not to worry, but how exactly do we stop ourselves from worrying? Well, the answer to the problem is found here, right here in, passage, or in this passage in verse 31. He says, "Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. Seeking the kingdom of God above all else means making Jesus the Lord and king of your life, giving him control over every area, your work, your play, your plans, and your relationships. If we, as we have been going through this sermon series, it's just remained to me of just how important it is to spend time in God's word. Because it's only through his word and by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can find the wisdom and understanding which gives us the peace and the freedom from the worry and fear of the ways of this world. Two of my favorite verses in the Bible are Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, which are very well known. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. See, if you submit your whole life to him, he will make your path straight and will give you everything you need. The problem is that a lot of Christians continue to hold back areas of their life from God's control. And if you do this, you're always going to struggle. I think I shared this before um, when I was preaching. But as I was preparing again, I was reminded um, of a picture I got praying um, here maybe about three years ago. And it was a picture of someone with a shackle, with a large chain, large heavy chain attached around their ankle. And in the picture, I seen someone, the back of someone walking in the distance. And this person was coming, was trying to follow the person. And I knew the person was Jesus, but they were, they were trying to keep up and they were trying to pull this big heavy chain with them, but they were struggling. And that's a a picture for, at the time I thought it was a picture for maybe just one person or something there, but I now know that it's a picture for so many of us. Because Christians continue to hold on to so many things. Many Christians continue to hold on to so many things in their lives that they, they know they shouldn't. In the modern version of the hymn, Amazing Grace, the words are, my chains are gone, I've been set free. But for many, this is not the case. And it's why so many people struggle. The chain has been broken, but they're still carrying that heavy load with them. See, when you submit to him in all your ways, your path will be made straight. But the big danger is that you will, if you don't, you will slowly start to head in the wrong direction. When you start to lose sight of Jesus, it's not long before worry, anxiety, and fear start to take hold. But when we keep our eyes focused on Jesus, we remember his love for us we realize we we truly have nothing to fear, God has a wonderful plan for our lives. And part of that plan includes taking good care of us. Even in the difficult times when it seems that God doesn't care, we can put our trust in the Lord and focus on his kingdom. So as followers of Jesus, when we are faced with many problems that this life throws at us, we just need to learn to take all our problems and worries to Jesus and leave them there. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. When you learn to do this, it will give you so much freedom. This is great news, isn't it? Jesus died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. And set free from worry, fear, guilt, and sin, and all the other things that the enemy wants to weigh us down with. But these things are only available to those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. See, if you're here, if you're here today and you have not accepted Jesus into your life, then you need to worry. John 1 verse 12 says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. The truth is if you have not accepted Jesus you're not a child of God you're a spiritual orphan and you have everything to worry about not just in this life but for eternity. But thankfully you don't need to carry these worries any longer. Jesus says come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. I'm going to just finish with with two points and I just want you just to close your eyes and I want you just to focus on what I'm going to say. If you're here today and you have not accepted Jesus, he's calling you right here and now to put your life in his hands and to follow him. And all he requires from you is a heartfelt yes. Saying yes to God is about saying sorry for living life your way and leaving him out of your life. Saying yes is about thanking God for sending Jesus, his son to die on a cross so you can be forgiven And set free. Saying yes to God is about turning away from living life your way and with His help, living His way. If that's you this morning, why don't you say yes to God right now, not out loud, but in the quietness of your heart and mind? Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. the second point is, if you're here today and you can identify with that picture of the shackle and the chain, can I ask you right now, again in the quietness of your own heart, to say sorry to Jesus. Confess to him the things in your life that you've been holding on to and hand them over to him right now. Amen. And can I just encourage you, if if you did say yes to Jesus this morning for the first time, um, there'll be a prayer team up here at the end of the service, and they would love to pray with you. Or if that, the anything else in the service today that has really challenged you, or you would like prayer for anything, they'll be here for you. But also, um, if you did say yes to Jesus this morning for the first time, with a wee pack at the back, we would love to give you. So please don't believe him without coming to speak to someone. Thank you.